Well, I'm sitting here by myself. Trav, I guess you'll hear this eventually. We're about to do Taxi Driver. I got some water in my bottle. Got the water bottle. Driving my taxi, taxi driver. Oh, hello there. Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it's your boy Trav from Level Note with Benjamin Banks. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to our Thursday show, Thursday, where we take a look at the oeuvre of a one perennial Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, Mr. Mark Scorsese. And what mm-hmm. are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching Taxi Driver, and I'm probably going to do it a disservice and a discredit with this description as calling it the righteous adventures of the og incel (laughs) dude zach always has the best fucking synopsis (laughs) (laughs) oh it's definitely one of the things i look forward to is that synopsis everyone oh believe me i i love listening to both these guys do them Uh, well thank you it's fine And we got to thank you early on, gentlemen. <laughs> we got we got one in the last uh, in the uh, the main series episode this I week like too. It. Yes, I love the Zach. Thanks. All right, uh, is this everybody's first time seeing this film? Unfortunately for me, it was. No, not my first. Not mine either. I'm pretty sure everyone's shocked to hear that by this point. Zach, do you remember the first time you saw this? <laughs> the first time I saw this was. Um, I was probably in my early 20s. It was around the time after, you know, I'd seen all the Godfather movies and I was getting into some Scorsese. I'd seen Goodfellas. And I was like, I need to go back and watch some of this. So I've probably only seen it four or five times since then uh, in, you know, 15 only. years. Well, in four or five times in 15 years. Not too frequent, but yeah. Uh, for me, I was probably about 15 when I saw it. Mm. Uh, and I can remember the time I rented it too, because the, the video store down the street from my house that I used to rent from, <laughs> right. Got it in and it was on their new release shelf. And I was like, Oh, I need it. I need to rent that. Yes. And new release my, yeah. Uh, it, it just, DVD they release. just, I was going to say, I think they just did like some anniversary edition of oh, okay. it. Okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, new release yeah it's probably like a 25th or something like that Hmm. so i might have been closer to 17 um anyway so (laughs) i i don't specifically remember why they had it on the new release wall so they uh so i rented it and uh my dad kept telling me that al pacino was in the movie and i was like i'm pretty sure it's robert de niro so (laughs) he bet me three dollars that it was Al Pacino. That's awesome. <laughs> so I won three dollars off my dad. Nice. Uh, pay for I the will, rental. I, I will always forever tie this movie to that three dollars. Um huh. and then, now you what you should have told him was uh I'm gonna need about three fifty. <laughs> tree fitted. <laughs> oh damn rock this monster. Yeah, god dang Al Pacino. Uh, and then it was one of like the first 10 DVDs I ever owned. So I watched this a lot in high school. Nice. I like that. 
All right. Uh, we have an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Trying to figure out where that went. There it is. Okay. So this was nominated for four Oscars. Nominated for Best Picture, uh, Michael and Julia Phillips. It lost, of course, to Rocky. Mm-hmm. Nominated for Best Actor for Robert De Niro. And it loses to Network for Peter Finch, which uh, I'm not sad about that loss. No, this is, yeah, You've been bragging about this movie all week. Well, I mean, Peter Finch wins his award posthumously, and De Niro just picked up an Academy Award for The Godfather Part Two two years earlier. So right. it's not an egregious loss. Yeah. Uh, Best Supporting Actress goes to Jodie Foster. Or no, it doesn't go to. She gets nominated for Best Supporting Actress, right. and she loses to... Oh, I forgot her name all of a sudden. Is she the youngest? To be I nominated? Believe, I believe she becomes the youngest to be nominated. Wild. I never for, knew that about Jodie Foster. Uh, Beatrice Strait. She loses to Beatrice Strait for Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly think Jodie Foster should have won this award. Dude, of course. She's, she's 12 years old, pretended to be a prostitute, and takes it pretty far. <laughs> What's it yeah. called? Yeah. Uh, and uh, it gets nominated for Best Original Score. Bernard Herman also getting a posthumous nomination. This, I'm going to say this right now, and this uh, might shock some people. This is my favorite score of all time. Mm. For what? I, mm. For music. any film. No, what? what music is the score? The soundtrack. The, the soundtrack. The, the music that plays under the movie. No, I know what a score is, dude. What did you say is your favorite score? Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is your favorite score? All time. Wow. I love this score. Bernard I'm Herman, shocked by that. Bernard Herman is my favorite composer uh, between uh, this and everything he did with like uh, Hitchcock. He, mm-hmm. he did a lot of my favorite scores, but this one, just that, that light saxophone and then the, the driving mm-hmm. like timpani drum in this. Oh, it's so right. good. And he, cre- he created the Twilight Zone theme, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So he's already a legend. Yeah. You know what amazing. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and he loses to Jerry Goldsmith for The Omen. Mm. That is okay. our Oscar breakdown. I it just Oscar breakdown. I it like absolutely that. blows my mind that Scorsese is not nominated for director on this one. It it's insanity. I think I got a cricket in here. Hopefully that doesn't pick up. I heard it. Oh, you did. Well, I like <laughs> it. It could background. also be me because my window's open. I'm enjoying this fresh air. Oh, it could be. Oh yeah. We'll find out. We it's nice to get a good like background sound going get a vibe it's taxi driver night baby yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we're talking so. about bernard herman damn it <laughs> yeah boy <laughs> so this didn't get editing or cinematography noms either no it sure did not and i'm really upset it didn't get editing because uh though thelma is not with us on this film she mm-hmm. did do i think some uncredited work on it mm-hmm. but our main supervising editor for the film is marcia lucas mm-hmm who is oh. George Lucas's ex-wife. That's right. Wow. Who uh, ha- has, has said some words here in the past week about Star Wars. It's a little <laughs> controversial. Yeah, mm. there's that. Yeah, there is that. As Paul <laughs> says, all Star Wars is good Star Wars, and Hashtag. she needs to get her knickers out of her coochie. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Enjoy it, lady. <laughs> I'm not sure of her comments, so I'll have to read those later. We don't. We don't have to get I into mean, that. It's it's nothing major. It's yeah. the typical old man get off my lawn stuff. 
Mm. Yeah. It, nothing we haven't heard from any of the other, right, any right. Of the other old the Hollywood guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the old Hollywood that used to be new Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. No, because we're we're moving out of New Hollywood here, you know, on the podcast, mm-hmm. mm. going into blockbuster era. Yeah, blockbuster. When does the new new era start? How new are we talking? This era. The the New Hollywood era. I don't. I don't know what what would you consider what we're in right now. Right now, we're still pretty firmly in New Hollywood, which started in about sixty seven. That's crazy. I feel like there has to be a break. Somewhere because I when I watch movies from the 70s and I watch movies now, uh, content, what they're making movies about, how they're filming, I just feel like they're so different. Oh, they are, and that's mm-hmm. that's coming up here in the next few years. It it starts to shift, yeah. Uh, but we'll talk more about that next week, okay? So, anyway, let's talk about this movie Taxi okay. Driver. Taxi Driver, so. I want to start. Can we start asking Trav how his first watch went? Yeah, yeah. So Trav, how was that? Well, what's it called? First off, I wasn't aware that his name was also Trav, so okay. that was pretty cool. <laughs> I, um, I had, I had been thinking about that all week. Like, oh, Trav, watch a Trav. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> Trav on Trav. What, 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 Zach? In the synopsis, what did you say he was the original? What the OG incel? Incel. I always forget the name of what those kind of people are called because it's so weird. Involuntary um, celibates. Oh yeah. That's a whole thing. <laughs> but um uh yeah stay off that Reddit form, ladies and gentlemen. It is wild. Um dude, now I know that the movie is called Taxi Driver and clearly it's about a taxi driver. However, I didn't ex I don't know what I expect the movie to be about, but I guess this wasn't it. You know, I didn't know that it was like about a psychopath, pretty much. Um, But yeah, no, I really enjoyed the plot. You know, what's crazy is this week, um, Paul knows that I watched uh, Card Counter. And Mm -hmm. dude, I can just tell it. Paul Schrader, you could just tell that it's him. Yeah. He's he's really into the the loner mentality kind of guy. Dude, just even like the vibe of the film, like how they go about filming and setting up sets, it's super, super similar mm-hmm. to this. So yeah, I was definitely getting card counter vibes when I watched this, but as good as the movie was, it was a lot of the other stuff that threw me through a loop. I don't really know much about Sybil Shepherd except seeing her on roast and people talking about her old vagina. I I did not realize she was a drop dead gorgeous woman back in the day. Oh, you should have seen her in the last picture show. Oof. Yeah, what's it called? This woman is insanely attractive. Yeah, and beautiful. I did not know that. Um, Peter Boyle still has the bald head. <laughs> it is wild to me. Has this man ever had hair on the top of his head? No, because you got to think this is even after Young Frankenstein. I was about to say he's had the bald spot in Young Frankenstein. So what's it called? I just don't know when this guy ever had hair. And um, ever see that movie where Spencer Breslin was the kid with the receding hairline? I don't even know who that is. Who Spencer Breslin is? Yeah. Uh, He's Abigail Breslin's brother. Um, Did you ever see Disney's The Kid with Bruce Willis? Of course. He's the kid in The Kid. He's the kid and the kid. No way. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I never knew his name. He was in something else too back in the day. Like he had a couple uh, movies. Princess Diaries Two. There you go, Princess Diaries Two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which he, he was in with his sister, uh, oh, Abigail Burson. That's that's incredible. Yeah. But um, um, the crazy thing though, like as good as the movie was, I heard this story today about this guy that was obsessed with Taxi Driver and tried to assassinate Reagan. Yeah, that would be John L. Hinckley, who lives in Williamsburg. I know, and he's at a. <laughs> he's at, my uh, mom told me that he's out of prison, yep. and he lives with his mother. Yep, yep I drive past him every day to work. <laughs> Wild, right? Yeah. And he has a YouTube channel that we discovered today. Like, isn't he like making music now or something? Yeah. Yeah, making music and chatting, like just talking about life, I yeah. guess. Um I forgot why Hinkley came up in a conversation like a few months ago and mm -hmm. I discovered that YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I saw it today and I was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, but dude, again, De Niro showing why he is so good. His whole entire, anything involving him alone in the apartment, gold. I mean, this dude could, this dude don't need nobody beside him to put on a five-star performance. Man, this man's looking in the mirror. It's so simple, too, with the, you know, you talking to me and all that stuff. And, yeah, like, and, and a lot of that's improvised, too. He's just coming off the cuff with that shit. Like, dude, what a psychopath. <laughs> what a psychopath, for real. To, you could see it in his face, like, when he's like, no more pills, no more, you know what I mean? Like... Psycho, dude. I didn't realize this dude was a psycho in this movie. And um, yeah, dude, what's it called? This movie was insanely good. Insanely good. Yeah. What's, what's, what's my man looking at back He's here? looking at his, looking uh, for the quote? his chart yeah. of great movie quotes. It's number 10. Uh, so this is yeah. the 101 greatest movie quotes. It's picked by AFI. Uh, my uncle bought it for me as a wedding present. Right. Uh, so it's <laughs> you talking to me as number 10. But that's the thing, like you, I hear that quote like my whole life, you know, you talking to me, you talking mm -hmm. to me, but that's not even really how it goes. You know, it's kind of like the Luke, I am your father. That's yeah, not what he says in the movie, but it's developed into this. That's what it is because everybody thinks that's what it is. But right. the way he does it, like how he changes his up and pulls out that gun real quick. I don't know, dude, it was fucking phenomenal. This dude's so good. Yeah. Oh god, he's amazing. And oh. nope. <laughs> <laughs> mascot of the podcast, F Odd Beeble Brooks. Um, channeling, uh, channeling his inner psychopath. No matter how many times Paul says this dog's name, I will never remember it. <laughs> never remember it. It's it's a it's a special kind of people that remember my dog's name. I was gonna say, what's it called? We got I got Princess on lock. You know yeah, what I mean? It's pretty the, simple. The other one, he, no clue. You hear, you hear him again, he's offended. Yes, I would be too. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, De Niro in this film is just in a master class on his own. It's incredible that he wins for Godfather a couple of years earlier, and maybe he should have won this award too. And mm -hmm. again, I, I think Peter Finch, Peter Finch is putting in a career best performance in Network and dies before the Academy Awards. And I think it's honored because of it but also because it's also a really great performance about a guy yeah. like just on the edge of sanity yeah but i said i watched this so many times in high school because i could not 
I just could not fathom at that point in my life what it takes to play this kind of character. And I get cast, I got cast as this kind of character all the time. So mm. it it really was just a huge inspiration to me. And Leanne said to me today about like, there's some mannerisms of De Niro that she sees in me whenever she watches this movie with me. And I'm like, that's probably because <laughs> I've stole them from him. <laughs> <laughs> what is she secretly saying though? Um, uh, that you're a psycho on the sneak. Probably. <laughs> um, I, I see you talking in your mirror to yourself, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll get this one last thing in before Zach takes it away. Um, <laughs> it's wild to me. We just kind of blow past the fact that Jodie Foster's 12 years old and she's a prostitute and grown men are just paying to have sex with her. You know what I mean? And like, everything's fine. At first when I saw the movie and, you know, they said she was 12 and a half. I didn't even like, I, I, I didn't think that was at her actual age, to be honest with you. Even in the movie, I'm not talking about real life. I did not think she was 12 and a half in the movie. And then when I found out she was 12 in real life, when she did this film, I was like, dude, was this fucking girl, 12 and a half years old, prostituting around and, Mm. I still don't get the. Uh, I still don't understand the dynamic of why her parents didn't come get her. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not really explicitly said, but maybe she, you know, ran away and she was having some trouble. I mean, she did, but then they wrote De Niro a letter. So it's yeah. like, well, it. Why well, didn't you know? How, first of all, how they write De Niro a letter? I mean, they, they write it to him after he's after he's saved her and brought her home, and but how'd she get his address? Was it on the? envelope he left did it have his address or maybe they just found out through the news coverage and stuff i mean essentially he, he is horribly wounded in this and the next time we see him he's just fine so uh, i think we're just supposed to take the fact that <laughs> <laughs> that whole sentence i know because when i watched the movie i thought honestly i thought he was dead and yeah. then they just show him talking amongst his buddies and i thought it was a flashback but it fucking wasn't. This man was just chilling. <laughs> I was like, bro, you got shot in the neck. You got shot in the chest. Oh, no recovery time. This man is I, I, back driving the taxi. I think we're to assume that it's been some time. And <laughs> well, his hair is growing back, so it's been at least, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. No, it was just funny the way you worded it, too. Like, Horrible. Oh, I was just thinking that, you know, like this man's just fine the next day. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> So, you know, that's enough time to get, and I'm going to put this in giant air quotes, uh, a hero address right. from him. I'm looking at, uh, you know, De Niro won a National Society of Film Critics Award for Best Actor, and he's got the Los Angeles Film Critics Association. So, I mean, you know, we're, we are obviously an Oscar podcast, and he didn't win the Oscar, but he did win a lot of other things, and he mm -hmm. was nominated, and we just, it's... De Niro is one of my absolute favorites and he Same. always will be. And, you know, it's almost cliche to say that just because he is so good. But I had a, he, I had a friend who became, it. I had a friend who became an actor because of De Niro's performance in Backdraft. Oh. Hmm. Um, I just don't understand how De Niro's is, is this good this quickly. It's yeah. wild. Mm hmm. That. <laughs> He's 27 in this film? Yeah. Do I have that right? I believe so. Yeah. That's wild. That, And this is, I mean, I know he's already won an Oscar and stuff, but what, his like fourth, fifth movie? I mean, yeah, overall his, his like 
fourth or fifth credited role. Yeah. Dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we we praise guys like um oh my god, I feel like an idiot. Uh DiCaprio. Mm. But like this dude was a child actor, you know what I mean? Grew yeah. up. This dude was in growing pains, you know what I mean? This dude's had years and years to develop. I just don't understand how De Niro is uh yeah. an Oscar actor like yeah, he just, four years in his career. Yeah. He just I mean, comes onto screen fully formed. It's <laughs> It looks like uh, he was actually 32 at the time of filming, but okay, okay. he's playing a 27-year-old in the movie. Um, but still, his career's really young. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm 32. Yeah. And this um, man's winning Oscars. I'm, I'm sitting in my room. <laughs> you're, you're not remembering you're Paul's dog's name. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I, the, I just love the mood of this movie is as like gritty and, and sour as the city is. It's just like the lighting coming off the, the taxi, the little mm-hmm. pools of light and the, the neon and the, like the score, obviously. Um, oh God, so good. Such a good score. And I have uh, I forget mine's an anniversary copy um, Blu-ray that I have. And the picture was so good. I was, uh, I was like, such a beautiful movie. Yeah, man, that that film really holds up. Chat Chapman did such a good job. I love the cover. Like, I don't know what's on this cover that you're talking about, Zach, but that original cover with, you know, the taxi in the background and him standing up front with the yellow at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good poster. What a yeah, fucking incredible poster! My God, like. And it's crazy, too, because, you know, we talked about The Godfather has an incredible poster, too, but it's super simple. Mm-hmm. It's literally the saying of uh, uh, less is more mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So, yeah, man, that taxi driver, po- dude, they hit the nail on the head with everything. On yes. This. What a lot of my uh, acting teachers used to call the kiss method. Keep it, Keep simple, it simple, stupid. stupid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another one where we're talking about uh, violence, but... As violent as the movie is, it's not violent for most of the runtime. It's you know emotionally violent and it's tense. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable. Uh, and there's there's talk of violence throughout the film, and uh, you know he has the the one story where wizards telling him about the gay couple that are beating each other up in his cab and. Uh, and the scene with Marty getting into the back of the taxi, oh, yeah. talking about shooting his wife in the pussy, <laughs> dude. That scene was oh. awesome. Oh god, it's so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, and and so when again with Scorsese, when it is violent, the violence is never like glorious. It's always uncomfortable. It's always very off-putting he he shoots the the one man robbing the store yeah. and he's celebrated for it <laughs> and then it's just one of those things where he's just this ticking time bomb that's gonna that's gonna go off eventually and it's just a matter of when it happens and he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and takes a man's life and is essentially covered up and celebrated for it. So 
why not do that again, right? Right. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of situations that he runs into that I feel like alter his mindset a little bit. Like, um, you know, when Jodie Foster gets in the back seat and gets yanked out or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like you he feels like it's wrong, but like maybe it's none of his business or whatever, but he's pondering it for minutes and minutes and minutes and ends up leaving. And then the same when Scorsese's character is talking about blowing his wife's pussy off. <laughs> and you like you get the feeling that like that shit's not cool to him, but then eventually he's like, well, I th- she deserves it. She's cheating on him. I feel like he's getting into that mindset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when uh, homegirl with Betsy, Betsy gives him the, you know, the F you brings her to the porn movie. So, yeah, dude, there's so many things in this movie, events that happen that change how his thought process works. And he's clearly a man with intense uh, mental issues. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just portrayed really well by De Niro, like how he changes yeah. through the film. And we're continuing, you know, the Vietnam kind of themes that Scorsese's had in, in a lot of his short mm-hmm. films. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's obviously a big source of uh, Travis's uh, <laughs> anguish. Anguish. Right. I'm always I, in anguish. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'd forgotten about uh, Scorsese's little cameo earlier in the movie. When, uh, Where he's just sitting outside the Palatine office. Yeah, and mm-hmm. watches uh, Civil Shepherd walk by it. Uh, right. <laughs> like, dude, uh, everybody's you're, you're... watching her walk by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Hard not to. He's sitting there looking at this lady while he's complaining about his wife. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's, now, looking is um, different than cheating, obviously. Uh, Right. But, um, hey, some people are cool with, you know, I, I know some of my guys, their wife going to look with them. So, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, the other thing too is, again, I've, this is the biggest joke from the movie to me is the man's eating Hellman's mayonnaise out of the container while he's watching television. <laughs> and it's just so fucking disgusting. It re- I know it's subtle. And I really feel like they did it on purpose, but you're a fucking psychopath if you're eating spoonful of mayonnaise out of the jar. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, yeah, the, it was just simple things like that, dude. The dude's off his rocker, bro. And I don't, I'm assuming De Niro was literally eating mayonnaise out of the jar because he <laughs> seems he, like he would take method. it to that length. Yeah, he's method. He, he drove around for months. Uh, driving a taxi around New York City to prepare for this. It's wild. It's like, bro, you could drive a car. You know, you could drive anything. Like, you don't gotta. You don't gotta get to the mind frame of a taxi driver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that when I saw that, I feel like that blew my mind more than a lot of the other stuff in the film. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about who would do that, like. I like mayonnaise. I want to fucking eat it out the jar in a like peanut butter. Yeah, I always, I always try to, I always try to get as much mayonnaise off of the knife as possible, so I don't have to lick it off the knife. Oh, you, you still don't have to lick it off, bro. There's napkins. There's water. You know, you put it in the sink. I, this man's like, I got I no choice. I gotta lick it off. Every yeah. mayonnaise counts. <laughs> wipe it on the bread or lick my lick it off and then lick my tongue on the bread oh no. god so nasty no, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll I never saw, lick a paw the same I saw uh, this um, 
meme going around a few years ago, like like one of those just text memes that was talking about um, <laughs> if you don't accept me at my it's it like worst. from a girl's perspective, yeah, don't expect don't accept me at my worst, don't deserve me at my best, that sort of thing. But it's like you know, I'm laying in bed, um, hanging out, eating mayonnaise out the jar, and I was like, <laughs> I wonder if that's an intentional. Reference or just <laughs> coincidental? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. If you weren't eating mayonnaise with me at the jar, you don't deserve me licking my knife. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, but I really don't have anything else to say about this movie, except it's a, it's everything everybody has said that it was. You know, yeah. expectations were fully met in this movie. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I was over here thinking about mayonnaise on the knife. And I stuff. know, man. I, I'm going to go get a knife of mayonnaise. You crazy. I have Dude, that's what I use. I use the that's Dukes, the but um, mayonnaise. it's the best mayonnaise. Yeah, and I feel like that's a Virginia thing because up north, most people, a lot of them use like Miracle Whip. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I used to be a fan of Miracle Whip until I discovered Dukes. Then I was like, that Miracle Whip's nasty. <laughs> and tangy. Um, dude, it tangy is tangy. Zip. It is tangy. And it's definitely tangy. a northern thing. But I haven't used the knife to get mayonnaise out in a long time. I use a spoon so I could just get a clob of that shit. I get yeah. the squeeze bottles now. So oh, there you go. Oh, the squeeze bottles where to go. But, you know, your boy, I go through too much mayonnaise, bro. I got to get <laughs> the, big, the big tree trunk. The dog talking to you? No, it's Leanne. Mm. Don't what's, know what's going on. She's cutting pool noodles. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> She's crafty. Damn right. She ties women to train tracks. Hey, Zach got one she can cut. Uh, <laughs> oh, look it's, at it's me. About the same color, too. <laughs> I'm a that. clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway. <laughs> Shout out to Zach's mother in law. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope she doesn't listen this week. Oh. oh, she calls. She calls up uh, Caitlin, and she's like, "Did you know your husband's a clitoris?" <laughs> oh, I heard you flashed him on the Lord. show. <laughs> <laughs> no daughter of mine. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, no, this five star movie. I got nothing else to say. Oh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, okay. Uh, I guess we'll do. Unless Zach, do you have any other notes? Um, no, I, I we covered the the controversy, which is uh, thanks for bringing that up, Trav, about you know Hinkley and whatnot. Oh, do you uh, know what Reagan's response to being shot was? <laughs> well, he didn't actually get shot, right? The, no, he the, got shot. He didn't get killed. Oh, I th- I thought the Secret Service guy like got shot in the head and took the bullet form or whatever. I think maybe one of them got one bullet, but Reagan okay. did get one in his side under his arm. His side, okay. Yeah, do you know what his response to getting shot was? I, I've heard getting it before, shit? but I can't remember what it was. I guess I forgot to duck. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Reagan, an actor till the end. Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Hinkley, truly disturbed individual, uh, character in my absolute favorite musical of all time, Assassins. <laughs> which I highly suggest to everybody. Highly suggest. Mm. Not just well, suggest. What are these, what are these themes going here, Paul, with your favorite musicals and movies? Right? But I, am, <laughs> I am disturbed. Um, Good. Oh, got a question before... We wrap this up. Maybe you got some stuff on this. Okay. Jodie Foster doing this, right? 12-year-olds. I mean, we're talking about she... I mean, she's on her knees. She's taking Daenerys' pants off. Is -hmm. there any controversy surrounding this situation? Anybody uncomfortable with this situation? Absolutely. What goes into all that? uh, Here is... There is a section on the Wikipedia just called... Casting yeah. of Jodie Foster under the the heading controversies. Well, I'm assuming I, the parents give the okay eventually. Yeah, I, yeah, and apparently her older sister stood in in a few scenes. I'm not sure which. Maybe yes. the ones where she's like dancing with Harvey Keitel and stuff, and because uh, you can't no. see her face. I, I, don't know. I think it's just pretty much anytime you can't see her face and she's doing acts, she's yeah, she is. Uh, well, but in this scene, you know, it's she's talking to him. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, she's yeah. on her knees. It's her. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and and I also think you know, if I was the parents and Martin was real, real good to her during the shooting of Alice doesn't live here anymore. I guess I would trust him with the material like this. I think it's a weird part to write. It is. That's all. Um, I mean, but it also it also speaks to the seedier part of what they're trying to get at, and uh. I don't know what's going on in Paul Schrader's life at this point that he writes this character, but it definitely has a lot to say about yeah. uh, the way we we treat young women in this country. Yeah, it yeah. kind of puts De Niro in a tough spot. Well, and- yeah. Uh, well, I was looking at this, Paul pointed out on Wikipedia, if you don't mind me reading a little bit of it. Yeah, go ahead. It said uh, Jodie Foster was subjected to psycho- psychological testing, attending session- sessions with a U.S. Uh, UCLA. UCLA psychiatrist to ensure that she would not be emotionally scarred by her role. Um, and I've seen different other places too that her and Robert De Niro had like developed a real close uh, professional relationship and friendship. And um, Joey Foster often expressed that he became a mentor and he was like a perfect gentleman, like leading up to shooting scenes and saying, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be, you know, weird, but we're going to do it and the scene will be over. So. <laughs> Um, and it says here that Scorsese leaned on De Niro to, you know, provide that, that yeah, guidance and, and stuff. And it's important to have a, a good scene partner in stuff like this because yeah. it can get very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know, you know, quote unquote, a sign of the times if it wasn't as controversial as it would be today. I feel like today um, it probably wouldn't even happen. You know, something like this, to yeah. be honest with you. So I'm thinking maybe back then they didn't even care. So that's why, you know, I'm thinking, was there any backlash on it? Yeah. And also, I think if it has to be kind of a special circumstance for it to be something today. And the fil- I, I don't think it becomes a subplot in the film. It's the, the plot of the film itself. I can't remember how right. the actresses were in the movie. 13. Well, yeah, this, this I know the whole that movie in itself. 13 was a. 13? A, that's it. I like that movie. It was good, but it was another another one that's like actresses in Mm -hmm. certain situations. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, this film just uh, 
skirts by an X rating by uh, desaturating the entire <laughs> shootout at the end. I was, I was oh. reading that at the bottom from the so R that's, rating. That's why it looks so. It's why Not it good. looks the way it does. Uh, yeah, it, it looks. It, it. It's it's kind of a lame gunfight. Well, it's not even just the gunfight itself. It's the way the film stock looks in it, where it's real washed out mm-hmm. and just kind of ugly looking compared to the rest of the film. Yeah. At least However, it works for his mental state, though. I think yeah. that's how pull it off. Right. Way. Plus, right. they blurred out the pornographic <laughs> scenes in the theater. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. They got to edit the gunfight, but, you know, we can show the fucking on the big ass screen in the movie theater. Okay. <laughs> um. But no, that uh, one scene was cool in that when he blew the hand off yeah. of Homeboy. Yeah. Um, that was really well done. But yeah, I tell you what, I definitely didn't see him getting shot in the neck randomly after he did that. You know, that kind of caught me off guard. And I still know how he survived, you know, because he took hella yeah. bullets. Yeah. That one on the neck is it's a vital organs. Yeah. <laughs> He's got oh. the scar, you know, afterwards. But uh-huh. I like even feeling my own neck. I'm like, how? How can he move his head so well after a few months or whatever? Right. Yeah. Anyway, small so. small criticism over a okay incredible movie. Yeah. All right. So this is in the National Film Registry as we discussed on our main episode on Rocky. Uh, I would like you two gentlemen to give me what you're winning. Okay, I got a question though. When you do the main line, do you skip over this one? Because I say it's in there, but I don't okay. say. What- I don't normally say all the years to the films. So uh, when it, when I did it, because it's just been this and Woodstock and Mean Street so far, I normally okay. I normally say to Zach, and you're going to be guessing that tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Because I'm corny. No, you're <sighs> not corny. You're accurate. You're accurate. <laughs> Accurately corny. Okay. I, I'm saying 93. Oh, I'm saying 94. 24. Mm-hmm. Hey, Zank. Yeah? Congratulations, buddy. It went in 1994. Yes! Wow! wow. That's two in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You got, uh-huh. you got Godfather Part 2 and you got this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, mm. So 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. It took six years to get in, really? Five, yeah. Yeah. Five, six, six, six classes, Yeah. 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 Um, I would that's have to, crazy to me. Yeah, I would have to look over what he got in before this. Well, I don't see uh, what he would have no. got in before this. Looking at that list, no, no disrespect mm-hmm. to him, but I think maybe Raging Bull. But I don't want to we'll give find that out. Away. Yeah, I don't want to give that away because I don't. I don't want to give anything else away. Yeah, because, yeah. You're uh, just guessing. You're assuming. Yeah. That's that's my biggest assumption because Raging Raging Bull tends to be. Like when AFI does their top ten list, it tends to be in the top ten. All right. Mm. Or we'll see. I've never, I've never seen Raging Bulls, so I'm looking forward to oh, well, I think, seeing I think that. But that I can't imagine it's better than this movie right mm. here. But you know, we, we will uh, find out. I well, let's uh, let's let's let that transition then into okay. our question, our worsty judgment. <laughs> Yeah. Is this the worst thing Scorsese has directed? And I'm going to be quite honest with you, dude. At this point, I don't think anybody's going to say yes from this point forward with this answer. I, I've been thinking mm. about changing changing the question up to 
to something else, but I just right. don't know what yet. Because at this point, there's just going to be nothing worse than Boxcar Burthen, who's that knocking at my door from Scorsese at this point. Know. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm assuming, you know, with some incredible films that, uh, and you guys know, I think that who's knocking at my door is a pile of shit. So, <laughs> you know what it's called. But no, this, um, this movie's incredible. It's, I like it slightly more than Mean Streets. Um, I like it more than Mean Streets, but fuck, I love Mean Streets, dude. I really loved Mean Streets, but no, this is not his worst. Zach, Zach is boy. this Scorsese's worst film? <laughs> no. Uh, it's uh, number one for me now, also above Mean Streets. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I've heard some things against next week's movie so we'll uh, be interested to see how i feel there's some rumblings i've never seen next week's movie so i'm excited me neither yeah (laughs) we've revealed our showed Uh our hand but (laughs) yeah oh well (laughs) um no uh i'm gonna stick with who's that knocking as his least good (laughs) least good what do you think paul uh so i have this issue where i've watched this film a lot uh, when I had only uh, like 10 DVDs to my name, this was one of them. And I watched those 10 DVDs, probably each of those films once a week, uh, if not, you know, once every other week or so. Uh, so I watched this movie a lot. It is a film I am intimately familiar with and a film that means a lot to me. I have a poster on my wall in college of Travis Pickle. I have a fun co-pop here. Yeah. Um, I still have that poster. It's just in a closet somewhere that I don't know. Um, yeah, this is this is in my uh, my letterbox top four right now. So yeah. I'm curious to see if how I feel of anything against this. It's it's my number one, and to to be kind of spoilery, this probably is going to remain my number one until the end of this show. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a hard movie to pass up, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, this movie is incredible. Yeah, it's it. It means a lot to me, and uh, it's kind of the it's kind of a film that changed a lot of my like personal mindset to to like, hey, don't don't be that guy, yeah. right? <laughs> Just whatever you do, if if you find yourself thinking, wow, I feel like Travis Bickle right now, do the opposite thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can say that in my life, I've never found myself thinking like Travis Bickle. Thank God. So <laughs> what's it called? Um, you know, hopefully, I never have to toss that debate around in my head yeah so. good to- toxic masculinity is a, a weird and horrible thing and i i would be lying if i said that uh it wasn't a part of my past so uh taxi driver help yeah. me get away from <laughs> that kind of thinking well, shout out to travis bickle <laughs> so, yeah I, yeah i um i used to have this uh well i still have it i just don't have it hanging up right now it's a picture um that little Pictures of different movie characters. Um, it's a wall hanging thing. And Travis Bickle was one of them. And I, I don't know. It's not the character so much that it's like why you want to have a poster or, right. or have the picture. I think it's just how badass De Niro is playing him. <laughs> I yeah, think. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. It, no, no, it's, absolutely. It's really the film that I celebrate. It's not yeah. the character. It's just right. the character happened. You know, it's. Kind of like Freddy Krueger. You got Freddy Krueger on your wall. You're not like, oh, Freddy Krueger's a great 
care uh, like a great a great man a great man no he's <laughs> he's a child molester and a murderer he's a piece of shit yeah but he has he has really great one-liners um no. eventually no. also uh also this is one of my favorite band's favorite movies which is the clash oh. uh they put a lot of travis bickle quotes in a couple of their songs on the uh the film the jeez uh, the album uh combat rock which yeah is, which is a very influential album to me so there we combat go. rock which is actually uh combat rock i discovered before i discovered this movie and it's kind of the reason i wanted to see it so bad nice. there we go paul shout loves to the clash and shout out to the clash who uh spoiler alert we will be seeing on this show in the future Mm-hmm. Oh, and I will have more notes even further in the future. Just so you know. Nice. I love the Clash. Me too. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I think this this movie is definitely uh, it's one of my top twenty two. So it's going to be a uh, while too before it falls out of my number one spot. I think. Yeah, I, we'll see. And we're talking about all time, right? All time. Top, yeah, top 20, top 25 all time for me. Yeah. I don't know if, if I can s- throw it in there. I'd really have to. I've, it, I've only watched it once, you know what I mean? So there's just no way I could put it in my top 2025 with all these other movies that I love. Yeah. Even if it's better than some of those movies, because sometimes when you create a, a top list, it's not about what's the better movie. Right. It's right. just about what, what movie like. you love the most like right. i love teenage mutant ninja turtles too but i'm not claiming it's an oscar fucking movie you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean but i love that movie and and that's my my top four on letterbox right now are three films right. that i absolutely love and taxi driver and right. taxi driver is probably the only one that if i was like i'm gonna sit down and think about what are the 10 best movies of all time it's probably right. the only one of those four that's going on that that list. could actually make your list <laughs> yeah People look at my top four and probably laugh and say, this dude's a joke. <laughs> it's just random shit. <laughs> random top four. So I mean, my other three are Batman, UHF, and Lilo Stitch. So. Yeah, I think mine is uh, Breakfast Club, Nightmare on Elm Street, Ready Player One. And uh, I don't know. It might be Turtles, dude. Who knows? Yeah, yeah put up what defines you. That's the yep. point on Letterboxd. Dude, that- Exactly. Exactly. That 90s Turtles is such a good film, though. <laughs> yeah, it's classic stuff. So. We ran long tonight, gentlemen. Yeah, I didn't mean to, but it's it's a great film. And and we snowballed a whole lot. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it says, oh, shit, in your background. So It does say, oh, shit. Too. I'll tell you the story about the oh, shit when we're off of here, because it's another long story. Um, <laughs> okay, it's so valid, let's... But, yeah. Okay, it, it's it's too long for what we're doing right now. Right, right. And even talking about it now has been too long. <laughs> talking about them. how long the story is just too long. Drown, uh, tell the people where they can find you in podcast land. Now, of course, man, if you're looking to listen to more facts about your boy, you can find me every single Tuesday on the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast. And that is also out on YouTube every Friday. You can find me personally on the Instagram at ZK Audio. Then you can head on over to the Twitter and find me at T-R-T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. And of course, you can find me on Letterboxd at the same Mr. McCoy. Where can we find you at? 
find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, where you can see my review for Taxi Driver and other movies. And uh, TikTok, House Havoc, and Letterboxd by searching my name. All. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watched this week. I watched Dear Evan Hansen. I already said that in the last episode, but I really want to reiterate, it is possibly one of the worst musicals I've ever seen. I can agree with that. Oh, you uh, watched it? Oh, yeah. I was really looking forward to it. Uh. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine my uh, disappointment. I'm just not as disappointed as Paul was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's a whole nother thing. But I am at Father of the Fear across all platforms. I should probably start saying that first. And what are we watching next week, Zach? We are watching New York, New York, which I could not find streaming anywhere. So if you need a copy, better ask a pirate. <laughs> all right. Uh, we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarwarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review. Five stars like Taxi Driver and on Apple, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of our I like that. Yeah, go go give us five stars. Don't be a whore. You're only 12 years old. <laughs> That's right. Yo, was 1976 just the year for Italian men telling young girls uh, what to do? Because it was I, the same thing in Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I meant to mention some of the parallels. And even Rocky says, is he talking to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you did you notice who, who gave uh, Travis Bickle his job? Because it was the numbers guy that gave Rocky his, his numbers running job really? in, in are you serious <laughs> yes, that's incredible dude this is stuff you can't you can't write that kind of stuff you know what i mean right destiny destiny all right for Trav, zach and travis bickle <laughs> we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day